The world is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. We're all infected. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. The whole world is burning down, my friend. No shit. I think that my idea for a uh, Yelp or Angie's List for drug dealers is brilliant. Yeah, that really is. <laughs> I'd use it. Uh, and just the stories you'd read on there, like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have to start doing drugs just so that my life is funnier. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Everything's Just Fine podcast. This is Mike. This is Lincoln. And this is the podcast where we explain to you why you should stop reminiscing about the past, because it was real shitty. Yes, it was. And uh, today, you know, we could we could deal with some a uh, little more progress, but uh, for the most part, way better than it was. So, yeah, today we are uh, celebrating our 30th uh, official podcast. We've done, you know, a bunch of mini-sodes and stuff like yeah, that, but, but as an official episode, this is number 30, so we wanted to bring you something brutal and... And that's not bad. I mean, we've been doing this less than a year, so we haven't... I mean, 52 would, you know, would have been a year. Right. But 30 in a year is not bad for a, a podcast. Yeah, well, most people, they say, don't make it past 10. So we hey, did a pretty good job. Yeah. We do have to get better about doing it week to week, though. That's when we had our... either week to week or every two weeks. We need to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It was a lot easier for me to work on docs and stuff. Yeah, uh, when I was unemployed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want, so if you want, there, there's your our advice for today. Our sage advice: if you want to like be really good and have a great podcast, have a lot of time to do it, uh, be unemployed. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's great. Yeah, it's com- probably common thread tying a lot of podcasters together being unemployed. Yeah. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about child labor. <laughs> the best kind of labor. Yay! It's the most adorable type yeah. of labor that there is. <laughs> it's just every Charles Dickens novel ever. Right. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think I mentioned in the past about it's been around forever. Like People complain about the Industrial Age, but it's been around forever, but... Looking at this, like it was a lot worse when the industrial age started. Like yeah. being a child laborer, I mean, it sucks. No, you know, kids kids shouldn't work; they should play. But right, when learn, it, learn when social it, skills. Yeah, get vaccinated. You know, things like that. Don't turn into like drunken fucking just pieces. <laughs> we'll like, get, we'll get, yeah, we'll get, we'll there. get there. But uh, it's it's there's a long sort of history. But let's talk about today, Mike. You found a lot of this. Yeah, I mean, you know, today things aren't great. Uh, you know, there's still sweatshops out there, little kids putting together Nikes and Adidas shoes, and you know, we got uh, electronics. Uh, enjoy those smartphones, everyone, because most likely built with child labor. Uh, I found uh, this. Uh, article on vice uh, i think it was and it was fairly recent too. it was either 2016 2017 and uh here's the quote uh quote amnesty said its report was researched jointly with drc based ngo african resources watch or afra watch which is <laughs> come on <laughs> the report is based on interviews of miners working at four sites in the drc as part of their investigation researchers spoke to 17 children ages 9 to 17 one child said he started working in the mine when he was seven. All right. DRC there is the Dep- Democratic Republic of the Congo. Yeah. And the NGO is just a non-government organization. Yeah. But and seven, I mean, hey, you got to get there, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. The neoliberal <laughs> uh-huh, world order. Yeah. Uh, this, I believe what they're mining here is cobalt. Okay. Uh, it's, some, it's some ingredient that's especially uh, important to create uh, microelectronics. 
Um, most of the children interviewed by Amnesty worked above ground collecting ore and sorting through rocks, which they then washed in streams and lakes around the mines. That's better than the... That's not too bad. It's better than the mining we're going to get into that happened in the ancient world with kids. But, this is another quote from this article, the children described working grueling 12-hour shifts in the extreme heat or in the rain, often for no more than 1,000 to 2,000 Congolese francs, which is about one or two dollars per day, uh... (laughs) Some of them explained that their school days were bookended with shifts at the mine and that they also worked weekends during the holiday. So they're just working. If they're not sleeping or eating or going to school, they're working. That's insane. Yeah. Paul, 14, told researchers that he also worked underground in the mines, often spending up to 24 hours at a time in unsafe tunnels. I arrived in the morning and would leave the following morning. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I actually saw a defense of this from, I think, the Steven Pinker crowd. Some bit, you know, like, oh, the world's getting better. You know, sweatshops suck, but at least they're making they're making money they wouldn't make otherwise. Like, <laughs> god damn, fuck you. Like, kids shouldn't have to work for any reason. Right, yeah. And maybe their parents made enough money. Oh, so their argument was like, the child labor now is better than it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we're doing. No, we're trying to say that there was less... Well, that's part of it, but there's also less of it yeah. today. Like, Well, the-, the argument I was here is like, oh, we can't get rid of this, you know. You, you say you want it, but then your iPads and your shoes would cost a lot more. I'm like, then don't... I wouldn't... Either I wouldn't buy them, or I would... Realize that that's the that's the uh, sacrifice I have to make for wanting not wanting child labor in the world is paying a little more for an iPad. Yeah, but you got this uh, what what's this from Compassion.com? Yeah, um, is it oh, is it Compassion.com or from Compassion.com? <laughs> it's just Compassion. Oh, okay, okay. This quote: um, There are 168 million children worldwide trapped in child labor, accounting for almost 11 percent of the overall child population. 100 million boys and 68 million girls. About half are engaged in hazardous work. So I wanted to make sure this Compassion.com wasn't just, you know... Because if you just quote, oh, Compassion.com, is that some liberal bullshit hippie site? No, they actually have... They cited their sources from the World Report on Child Labor in 2015, from the International Labor Office in Geneva, and the UNDP Human uh, Development Report of 2015 for Work for Human Development. So this is these are real stats. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we tried to look, look up some stuff about you know, the modern USA, but it's, like, kids that are 15 or 17. And, like, the laws allow kids... Which is still illegal, for sure. No, but, there's but, laws that allow kids to work as long as they're working a certain amount of hours a right. week. Right, and I think jobs. you can also be signed off by a guardian. Well, and, like, the, my little brother in the Big Brother Big Sister program, yeah. he works at McDonald's, but he's only allowed to work, like, 10 hours a week. Okay. Certain shifts, can't do certain work. Right. I was trying to find and see if, like, there was anyone actively employing, like small children and I couldn't find any stories it doesn't mean it's not happening but I'm sure I think we've cracked down on it enough at least where it's they have to really be secretive I'm sure it's happening and I'm sure it's a Republican (laughs) (laughs) right yeah is uh is hooker a job (laughs) yeah no that's the libertarians oh sorry But yeah, I mean, there was actually just a, a recent story about that uh, Republican lawmaker that wanted to abolish child labor laws because he employs children under 16 at his ski resort. God damn. Yeah, it's like, I like how the article too was phrased, is this a conflict of interest? Like, that's the definition yeah, of yeah. a, yeah, don't ask that question. Well, that's what the, the media... The article should have been said, asshole tries to do asshole well, that's, things. that's the whole media's thing anymore. Like, we gotta be neutral, even when it's like obvious that the person they're writing about is a fucking asshole. So that's, like I said, I had trouble finding stories like this in America, but being forced to work in a factory or sweatshop versus a ski resort or something like that, completely other thing entirely. And it does go on today, especially in China. China is, from what I could tell from the stories I looked up, is the worst. 
at it. Yeah, or the best at it, depending on... That's why, you know, people are like, oh, China's... <laughs> they're great com- at child labor. China's communists, like, they are not anywhere near communists. Right. Like, this... Uh... Yeah, but this was from uh, scmp.com. It was a news story about uh, clothing factories in eastern China um, importing child labor. Uh, quote, one 15-year-old worker from Wenchun, Yunnan, uh, or sorry, Yunnan, was quoted as saying he works at least 28 days a month, starting work each day at 7.30 a.m. and never finishing before 10 p.m. The boss beats him if he misbehaves, he said, adding that he and his co-workers don't get paid until the end of the year and will not be paid at all if they leave before then. So if you're like seven months in, you're like, fuck this. You basically did all of that for free. There needs to be a worldwide uprising against the business class and just need to fucking chop all their heads off. I know. We need, we need a global version of the the last scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune, where, Doom where all the kids are free yeah. and they start attacking all the slave owners. I was just going to say like a, <laughs> a worldwide uh, recreation of the Bolshevik Revolution <laughs> or the French Revolution. Either or. Right. Uh, there's another uh, quote I found from uh, globaltimes.cn. Uh, quote, Han lived in a 10-person dormitory that had no bathroom. If he needed to relieve himself, he had to walk to the public toilet in the village. There was no hot water to shower. According to the video, they got up at 7.30 every day, started working as soon as they finished brushing their teeth, and didn't stop till late in the night, doing a total of more than 15 hours of work every day. Han recounted to Beijing Time Media Group that he had to fix buttons and zippers on 720 jackets per day. In such an atmosphere, Han had to hurry every time he went to the bathroom. The boss told me 300 shirts a day to begin with, then he raced to 500, then 600 in August. This is Han talking, by the way. I told him I can't do anymore. He said he won't add anymore, but now it's 7.20. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Uh, Long working hours don't translate to high salaries. Anonymous factory order said in the video that they are from Yunnan. They are cheap. Only about 2,000 yuan, uh, yuan, 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 uh, which is about 250 bucks a month. He added, I've got a 16-year-old worker. He's been with me for three years. God damn. So that guy, yeah. This guy, the owner of this company is basically the... uh the corrupt owner of the at the worker at the old folks home in Happy Gilmore. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's Ben Stiller. Yeah. <laughs> My fingers hurt when yeah. your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Yeah, that's yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, things not great, especially in China. A, a big part of that is their weird, stupid thing where media is not allowed to report on anything yeah. bad. That's why I say it's not communism. Like communism would like the workers own the means means production. Like there's no state ownership of. Corporations like in China, it's just state-controlled capitalism, basically the same thing the Soviet Union was. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, but to be honest, children not working is a relatively new thing. Yep. Let's so let's we're gonna go back in time, folks. Strap the fuck in, put a bunch of banana peels and cans into <laughs> your uh, Mister Fusion yeah. on top of your DeLorean. <laughs> we're gonna go back into the history of. Kids having to work for a living. <laughs> uh, yeah, up until about the early 20th century, kids everywhere were kind of expected to work. Yeah. Pull your weight, you little bastards. Yeah, and this this isn't like about working on family farms, which still is a thing. Like, growing up, I worked on a farm every summer. But it is in the summer. It wasn't like all day. You know, you helped. I'm sure it was different back in the day when there wasn't all the machines. But we're talking specifically like working in factories or mines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, this is a big reason Americans used to have such big families, and a lot of developing nations still do. Like, people have a lot of kids. Like, for example, my grandpa was one of 16. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they had that, like, his my great-grandparents had that many kids because they needed that many kids to work the farm. So you bred your own work crew. Yeah. So, uh, but 
we're gonna this is weird i hate saying this we're gonna kind of ignore we'll, we'll mention it i'll mention it but we're, as a historical thing we're gonna kind of ignore child slavery through most of history here we're gonna talk about the ancient world just because it ties in so much to labor itself yeah because we're probably gonna have our own proprietary slavery episode at some point yeah and we'll probably cover it then yeah but the uh the well, like I said, ignoring the child slavery, which was definitely a thing, the Industrial Revolution made things a whole lot worse. Like, for most people it did, it seems like. Unless you were, like, own the factory, the Industrial Revolution fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, kids were first forced to work for long hours, most days of the week, for low pay, with, like, no protections whatsoever. Like, you know, talking about the low pay in the modern times, this was even worse. And, fuck like I mentioned this, like due to us living in a late stage capitalism nightmare, the Trump admin is looking to roll back tra- child labor protections. Of course. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. And that's one thing I see too about these stories of kids like working to pay for medical treatment. Like, oh look, he's selling lemonade to pay for his diabetes medication. How up? How uplifting? Like, no, that is not uplifting. That's fucking horrifying. Right. It's like, uh, it's just fucking kids working. You know, I gotta work. You know, I'm 17, I gotta work all the time, go to college. Like, that's just horrifying to me. Yeah. Like, no one, no one, but especially kids, should have to wor- worry about paying for medical treatments or education. It should just be provided. Yeah. Fuck that shit. And the way I split this, I think you've probably seen Mike. I didn't go, like, Yeah, it's like a quick breeze through it. Well, okay, I didn't, like, go Greece, Rome, all that. I, I kind of split it in ancient world, medieval world, modern world. Yeah. Just because... A lot of the practices were similar no matter where you were at. Right. Uh, we'll get into it, though. Yeah, I mean, man, child labor just turns my stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, <coughs> let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, this is from the uh, book SPQR by Mary Beard, which is like, a, it's a history of the Roman Empire, Republican Empire, but, uh, quote, Child labor was the norm. It is not a problem or even a category that most Romans would have understood. The invention of childhood and the regulation of what work children could do only came 1,500 years later and is still a particularly Western preoccupation. Talking about that, that I mean, this seems like a common, to be a common attitude across country, uh, cultures in the West. Um, as we'll see, it's a little different as you go farther east. But children were seen as needing to contribute as soon as, they, as, soon as possible once they grew up. <laughs> Just imagine putting like a swallowed baby on a horse with a sword and a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. Go to war! You're a man now! <laughs> well, that's what they talk about, like, the, Mon- the the Mongolian horse archers. Yeah. Like, how are they so fucking good? And, like, people that, like, spent, like, uh, Marco Polo spent time among them. Like, from the time they could fucking walk. Like, yeah. like two or three, they were on a horse. I'm also remembering the beginning of uh, uh, 300, where he's, like, five, and there's other kids kicking the shit out of him, and they drag him outside. It would have been seven in Sparta. Ah. Once you're 70, yeah, you had to go, you had to enter military training. I was pretty close. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I mean, but like, uh, fuck, geez. like the the age of adulthood in a lot of these ancient cultures was like twelve. Like it was like, right. So you I mean you grew? You had to grow up quick. <laughs> you already have like six kids when you're twelve. <laughs> Everybody was basically the boy got named it. Sue. He grew up quick and he grew up mean. My fist, my fist got hard. My wits got lean. <laughs> uh, yeah, but honestly, this a lot of this like children needing to contribute as soon as possible. It's probably a, a lot of it was left over from Paleolithic days, like hunter-gatherers, and you still see it in modern hunter-gatherer cultures where children of both sexes, like, they they begin to help their parents extremely young age, like, sometimes as young as five. But these tasks, like, in these hunter-gatherer tribes, they include things like hunting or tracking or picking berries, not like the industrial or harsh agricultural work they'd be doing in civilization. So it was work, yeah, but it was 
fun. Like hunting, going yeah. out with your dad and hunting, learning what plants are what. That's fun. That's fun shit. Yeah. Like it's not like, hey, okay, come with me. Like here's yeah. a hoe. It's like Boy Scouts. Like with your weed dad. this whole yeah. fucking field by day. By the end of the night, we're all gonna die of hunger right. this this winter. Bend over at the waist, not the knees. Yeah, it's, it's like, good for your. Yeah. It's good for your question mark shaped back. Yeah, it's good for the soul to get you into heaven. <laughs> And in heaven, guess what? More farming. Yep. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Uh, this is also from SPQR, um, which is a great book. I recommend people read it. I've read and that it like stands for, because you've got the tattoo on your arm. Yeah, Senatus Popula Quella Romana. And that means? The Senate and people of Rome. It ah. was like the way the Roman, it was like the Roman USA. Okay. Like how they referred to <laughs> They Did they chant that at pro wrestling <laughs> matches? SPQR. At the, gl- <laughs> at the arena. <laughs> Like it's just a Roman putting a sword through a barbarian at the uh, the Flavian Amphitheater. Yeah, waving a fucking flag, <laughs> big number one finger. Yeah, kind <laughs> of trucker hat. <laughs> These goddamn immigrants make Rome great again. Uh, this is also, but here's a quote. Uh, quote: Skeletons of the very young have been discovered in excavations with clear signs in their bones and joints of hard physical labor. One particular cemetery just outside Rome, near an ancient laundry and textile works. Contains the remains of young people who obviously had years of heavy work behind them, showing the effects of the stamping and treading needed in the treatment of cloth, rather than rather than of skipping and ball games. <laughs> Children are are even commemorated as workers in their epitaphs. Modern sensibilities might hope that the simple tombstone in Spain of a four-year-old child shown carrying his mining tools was put up in memory of some young local mining mascot. Most likely, he was an active worker. Now they're quote. able to see, they're able to see, you know, these abnormalities in their bones and skeletons, or, or, or you know, whatever. Are they able to tell uh, how much hair was on their chest? Yeah, because apparently, I've always been told that hard work puts hair on your chest. Well, it's funny too. We talk about it. You, you don't find a lot of skeletons of Romans because they they cremated their dead because they were consumed by Cthulhu. yes yes. <laughs> uh, so it's always interesting when they do find like Pompeii and Herculeum. We yeah. talk about. But, like, that was funny. I, I remember, like, reading, like, one thing archaeologists can tell, like, the separation of, like, hunter-gatherers from agriculturalists just mm. based on how healthy the skeletons are. Yeah, or, we talked about this in our very first episode. Yeah. The or, food episode. When they find, like, Viking skeletons. Like, oh, this dude is obviously a Viking because you can tell how much muscle they have. Like, he's <laughs> fucking ripped. Right. Yeah, he's six foot seven. Yeah. Probably weighed some, like, a lean 320 yeah. pounds. <laughs> <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs> Uh, and I also found this article on jstore.org, which you have to, it, you can get a free subscription to, but you only get like three articles a month. So I use my one on this one, but it was called, uh, Chi- <laughs> right people, you're getting, yeah, you're getting real, you're getting real fucking sources here. This ain't bullshit. Yeah. Uh, you paid money for this shit. Yeah, kind of. Not kinda. really. <laughs> uh, I had to sign up for something. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's effort people. Actually, I do. Usually there is some money involved because a lot of these books, I don't buy them for this, but. Right. Um, but the article was titled Child Slaves at Work in Roman Antiquity and it was by a historian named Christ- Christian Lays. And he mentions that skeletons of children recovered from Herculeum and Pompeii, you know, the ones covered by Vesuvius erupting, right. show signs of repetitive stress injuries associated with heavy agricultural work. And these, the skeletons of these children, were, they were as young as five years old. And they're already showing this shit. Uh, according to Ulpian, who was a Roman legal scholar who died around 228 CE, so he died in the 3rd century, born 2nd century, so late Roman Empire, uh, Roman law held that child slaves could begin manual labor at age 5, though what they were allowed to do was limited, uh, but when they reached legal, legal maturity at age 14, like, shit popped off, and they could do basically whatever <laughs> you wanted them to. And this was slaves. So even, they were even, there were laws in Rome about 
what labor slaves could and couldn't do based on age. But at age five, kids could start working under the Roman legal system. Um, and you can kind of get a hint of how, like, what people considered, like, a worth, what slaves were, like, valuable based on prices. Yeah. Uh, there's actually surviving records of sales that show children as young as two being purchased as slaves. Jesus. A lot those of these, are, like, infants. Well, a lot of them are orphans or, like, slaves from, like, war and conquest. Uh, still. But the, uh, there was a maximum price set on slaves, uh, and this was written down by Diocletian in the 4th century CE, showing the relative value. Uh, it showed the ages of those of 0 to 8 years old going for a max of 15,000 denarii for males and about 10,000 for females. Uh, the most valuable slaves were those ages 16 to 40. The max was 30,000 denarii for males and 25,000 for females. I'm, I'm thinking those that were at the max of 30,000 probably like knew how to juggle. Yeah, <laughs> maybe do some funny voices. <laughs> Stand on one leg. Look at me, master. <laughs> Honestly, you probably paid more. For, you probably did. You played more for slaves that had like that could read and write and were useful around you know, like your business. Yeah, or maybe you anybody know, could be a laborer. Uh, yeah, well, you know, maybe if one of them looked like Batista or something like that, you might pay more for that dude. I mean, honestly, it's like, I can have him pick up my house and move it to the other side of town. Well, the word slave in English comes from the word Slav, because Slavs, ah. especially in the Arabic slave ah, trade, that's interesting. they were the most desired slaves just due to their physical strength and size, based on, like, everybody. So it probably held, I mean, laborers, you know, you wanted the Germans, <laughs> the Celts. I wonder how many of these things you've told me before, and just every episode, I'm like, oh, really? Interesting. Wow. And I just keep doing People feel... listen to these chronologically. Yeah, like, Mike has a real fucking retard. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's a lot to, it's a lot to keep in your head. Yeah, I, just, I feel like you've told me that before, but it makes a lot of sense. So I'm like, yeah. oh, hmm. <laughs> oh. It's just the, the Alzheimer's podcast. Yeah. But yeah, from what I would tell, I could tell too, that, uh, this was actually from an anthropology.msu.edu article. Uh, talking about growing up in ancient Egypt, Egypt and Rome, and probably most cultures in the Mediterranean, Greece, uh, Egypt, you know, the anything in that area would have been similar. Um, but, quote, similar to today, ancient Egyptians acknowledged the growth stages of infant, toddler, child through the first years of teenage and youth, late teens. The idea of childhood was not invented until at least the 17th century, so children of ancient Egypt were quickly viewed as many adults. Ah, so just a bunch of fucking, yeah. I mean, really, we'll get into it, and that's kind of the kind of the standard for a while. But I couldn't find any examples of child slavery for Egypt. I'm sure it was there. I just couldn't find anything. You know, just, yeah. it's farther back than Rome. We don't have as good of records, but we know they would help in growing crops. Uh, rich kids, like in Rome, would have uh, would have slaves assist them and got a relatively good education. Poor kids didn't. They had to work all the fucking time, and. Once again, man, I fucking hate bringing this up, and I gotta start reading more about ancient China because every time we do one of these episodes, I'm like, wow, this is really fucking interesting. Yeah, I wonder if you just, you know, in your history class, you were just so into like Rome and Greece that you just, well, it, it you know, you grew up in America or Europe, that's what you learn about. Cause right. Our world is like, I mean, America is like Rome 2.0. <laughs> like really, like it is. Like the the founding fathers looked to the Republic as like their example and like the Constitution, their laws. Like I think there was even like talk of like the prep they're going to be two presidents at a time like in rome had two consuls huh. and like it i mean it is it's basically rome 2.0 but china provides an interesting an interesting contrast to the more western cultures we usually focus on uh like they had slavery in ancient china but the, I, the records i could find said they 
slaves in China never made up more than 5% of the population, the total okay. population. Contrast this to Rome, where about 40% of Rome were slaves. So they had like slaves here and there, but not fucking fleets of them. Yeah, like there was a real, it was a real concern in Rome. You get it from the writers, like eh, if there's an uprising, we're fucked. <laughs> um, that's why they handled it so severely. Like the Third Servile War with Spartacus, where they crucified like six thousand of them along the Appian Way. Yeah, like slaves uprising, slaves killing the master. Like they didn't, the Romans didn't fuck around because they didn't want an uprising. Yeah, but originally slaves in China were captured in war and were, they were honestly used as human sacrifices a lot of the time. They were buried alongside kings and emperors, like a lot of them. Uh, but this stopped around 300 BCE and the statues were used instead, like, you know, the terracotta army. Like, they'd be buried with, like, fake humans. Um, and actually, slavery was actually outlawed by several emperors through China's history. And, I mean, not like late. Like, the first time I saw this happening was, like, 1st century CE, like, 80 AD. Right. Like a Like, uh, an emperor outlawed slavery. And it stayed outlawed for quite a while. But it kept coming back, and then the... Po- but the And it was outlawed again, and then it, was, it came back. It happened, kept happening. But the population of slaves rarely ever topped 1%. Hmm. I wonder if that was the pendulum swinging between, like, different uh, regimes. It was. Like, a dynasty would fall. Um... And China transitioned to, like, a more feudal system much earlier than the West. By that meaning, like, you had these big farms with workers uh, being worked by actual free laborers. Not that they had a lot of rights or made a lot of money, but they were technically free instead of slaves. Yeah. Uh, They were serfs, basically. But better than slavery, not great. Um, That's actually from Slavery and Justice. Um, I found uh, uh, Slavery in Ancient China was mentioned. I could not find anything about child slavery in China. Like, not that the records aren't there. Like, it's just never mentioned because there are a lot of records. So it doesn't look like they really did it. Um, In fact, the Han Dynasty in China, which was 200 BCE, actually developed free public education for all male children. Like, think Hmm. about how fucking crazy that is. Like, 200 BCE, free public education for all males in in the Han Dynasty area of China. Uh, that's not a small thing. Uh, this was around the time when Roman children still relied on private tutors, if you were rich. Like, if you were poor in Rome at this time, you know, you didn't get education. Uh, Rome eventually did get a system of public schools, but they were never free. It was like, you paid tuition for them, and the poor couldn't access them. So, this was not true in China. Everybody could fucking go to school, regardless yeah. of how poor they were. Uh, quote, They replaced, in varying degrees, aristocratic entitlement with a system of ranks based on merit. The merit system sought not only adult males, but also young boys who were groomed at increasingly early ages for bureaucratic positions and who were recommended in response to occasional imperial edicts that sought use with extraordinary gifts and great promise. Biographical writings of the Han reveal a similar new fascination with the intellectual cap- capacities of young children. End quote. Now, was this merit system similar to the upvote-downvote system of Reddit? Exactly the same. <laughs> no, but China, especially the Han, they developed a real meritocracy. Like, it didn't matter if you were rich or poor. Like, you being born into a rich family didn't mean shit in China if you didn't have the smarts or the the drive to go with it. So, it... it there were tons of issues. Like, not it wasn't <laughs> modern by any sense of the word, but it was a lot better than most of the rest of the world when it came to, like, being born poor you could legitimately work your way up and in like most cultures it just wasn't possible even so-called other meritocracies like rome right like you hear a lot of stories of like pulled up by your bootstraps in rome but those people were maybe not born like super rich but they're born into a well-to-do family yeah like cicero was called a new a novos homo a new man because he 
you know, became consul, became a senator. And like, oh, you know, you read that, you're like, oh, he must have come from the dregs. Like, no, his his parents were a member of the equestrian class. <laughs> they were rich as shit, but he just, you know, kind of went for public service instead of business, so. Yeah. But when it comes to girls, girls in China were kind of educated like the Roman counterparts. The education took place in the home and mostly was about domestic things like weaving. However, they could be taught to read and do arithmetic. And it could, reasonably, like this is a reasonable statement that children in ancient China were better educated than anywhere else in the world at the time for quite a long fucking time. Yeah. Like probably from, like I said, 200 BCE, probably up until about late Middle Ages, this China probably had the best educated populace in the world. But uh, not a lot about uh, child labor in there. Like some, yeah, some but slavery, but no real... They didn't really... I mean, farms, yeah, but kids went to school during the day. Right. Even at this early period, yeah. like China, they just were different. Like, they were a different sort of people. Yeah. Um, not saying they were better, like a lot of problems, <laughs> um, but still, like, you could probably say if you wanted to be, if you wanted to be born in an ancient culture, like... China might be the one you want to pick. <laughs> All right, moving on though. That you know a lot of the ancient world. Like I know we mentioned that we talk about Africa more, but you know, as far as like civilization at this time in Africa, you, you know, you had the Egypt, you had you had you had big kingdoms down south, but it would have been similar to the medieval or the Mediterranean world. Yeah, a lot of it was still hunter gatherers. Okay, just like up north, like you had the barbarian tribes, kind of the same thing. Yeah. So, but moving on to the medieval like Islamic era. Okay. And this was interesting to me because I, yeah, we don't, we don't. I mean, we we hit Islamic every now and again, but we don't. I mean, we cover the Arabic world and a lot of the ancient Arabic world. We cover like we, you know, we've talked about, yeah, you know, clashes and stuff in the past. But yeah, like the Islamic world as a whole, a lot of it, it doesn't get its due. Like it, <laughs> just due to modern attitudes about Islam, especially in America, like people like don't. I don't know. It's not that they don't like to talk about. It, they just kind of ignore it. Yeah. Um, and while the Islamic world wasn't free from child labor, it was mostly of the sort where the child worked for the family. Um, this early, I found this was interesting. We'll get to the source, but I found out Islamic scholars recognize two types of labor for children. Uh, quote, one is umala and the other is tashgir, uh, which I'm sure I fucked and butchered the pronunciation on That's that. fine. Umala means to use the child as a worker. That means the child is treated as any other labor. It represents the work that may harm a child physically, psychologically, and socially. Umala represents the exploitive nature of work. For example, using children in industries where severe manual work is needed. Using the children as construction workers and employing them in any workshop where they are exposed to health hazards are the examples of umila. And I think that's more of a modern perspective of that. Uh, whereas tashgir is the kind of work that helps either to develop the life skills of a child or to bring any benefit to him or her. These benefits can be in the form of money or any other benefit. For example, an orphan child may get employed and get more money. Uh, he, she can also be provided with shelter and care. Azum and Al-Muwajida oh yeah, mentions that, another quote, child labor must be in the service of educating and raising children, end quote. Uh, thus, it can be said that among these two categories, Umala and Tajgil, Umala is prohibited in Islam. Uh, and the wording of that was weird. It was a, I think, a translation <laughs> of an Islamic like work on this. Um, and I read farther into this. Uh, you want to read this? I've been reading a lot of these. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take a crack at it. Uh, 
Quote, another term that needs clarification in this respect is kidma. The literal meaning of this word is service. However, here, service does not represent a job or an occupation, rather is kind of a favor. Kidma is permitted in Islam. The person who performs kidma is called kidam, or uh, kadim. Uh, for example, welcoming the guests, sending children to buy small groceries from the shops, or helping parents in the household tests are considered as kidma. So that's just... Kind of like chores. Chores. Yeah. yeah. Like the way it's written about is chores. Yeah. Which that's, you know. Yeah, kids do chores. That's not horrible. No. It's um, like they sent them to get groceries, those monsters. Yeah. And I kind of wondered like, where did this come from? And apparently these, these distinctions come from the Quran. Huh. Uh, which I guess I've never read it, but sets guidelines on how children must be treated. And uh, in the Quran and several other Islamic texts text that were mentioned... Uh, it says that the Prophet Muhammad had a young boy that helped him over a period of nine years named Anas ibn Malik. Which, again, sorry for the pronunciation. Uh, I think you got that one pretty good. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see if we get any death threats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quote, It can be found from several sources that Anas used to be assigned with the simplest possible tasks that are not physically demanding. It was found that Anas used to carry water, mizwak, which was uh, the chew stick, I guess, and the saw, the hand stick used to rely on, of the prophet. He was not allowed to do hazardous tasks. For example, Anas was not allowed to take part in one of the most important holy battles for the Muslims, the Ghazwat al-Badar. As a child, he was not considered as fit for battle. End quote. Now, we want you guys to have a visual representation of this, so we will be posting a picture of the prophet Muhammad <laughs> yeah. on our official Twitter. With a young boy. <laughs> it just, man, if you want our podcast to uh, really blow up, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but we need to track the crowd like... <laughs> We did check all the all right people. We gotta support them, and they listen to us. And they we'd have then we'd have Nazis after us, right? And then we we right because then we'd have because the, the alt right would be like, oh, they're yeah, they're they're sticking to the band. Like, no, no, we hate you guys. And like, oh, no, they're liberals. Yeah. And then we'd have both. Well, no, I hate liberals too. We'd have both the radical Islam and the alt right after us. So then they would team up, and then they would figure out their differences, and we would save the whole planet. Yes, <laughs> there's a very narrow strip of ideological support I'd like. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, why it, while the Islamic world still used children, oh, I mean, it's funny. I like how it said like this. He was not as a child. He's not considered fit for battle. And I was like thinking about the uh, Christian. Like, was there a Christian equivalent of this? I'm like, fuck no. They had a literal children's crusade where a bunch of kids got together and marched to the whole, tried to march to the Holy Land and drowned in a river. I thought they were all enslaved. No, well, they drowned in the rivers. They no, yeah, it was a bunch of like kids, like fanatical Christian kids. <laughs> That's like, kind of funny. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Was it the same kids that later were on that train where they were singing church songs yes. and the two trains hit each other? Yes. Let this be a lesson to you. God hates every one of you. <laughs> God damn. Fuck. All right. While the Islamic world still did use children for labor and still does this day, it's a big problem in a lot of Islamic countries. Yeah. Uh, um, it, seems to be, it seems like religiously it was more restrictive than in the Christian world at that time, which we'll get into. Uh, having to meet... Well, it's weird to me because a lot of the Quran and these Islamic texts, like... You, you kind of compare it, you try, you know, you just want to compare it to the Bible, but it seems like a, good or bad, you know, and this in the medieval era is probably better because it was a better place to live than Christendom. Like, you know, the yeah. Islamic world, the golden age for hundreds of years, it was the place to be um, more, you know, more accepting of other beliefs. But their text, religious or otherwise, they seem to be view more of a legal in a legal sense like this okay. is like almost a legal contract between you and god ah okay and that seems to be something modern too like sharira sh what is it sharira uh, sh sh 
Sharia law? Yeah, it's like laws based around religion. And you have that in Christianity, but it's almost, it's not to the extent where you have a whole legal code. Maybe in the past there were, I'm sure there was, and I'm sure there was in in the, you know, the medieval world where they viewed it as kind of this way, but it didn't survive. Um, so, yeah. Um, but just having to meet these criteria before being considered suitable work for children, like regardless of your feelings of religion, it probably helped mitigate some of the worst excesses you would have in other areas of the world at this time. Yeah. Um, and that's well, how- you know, we, we, you know, we kind of rail on religion here and there during the podcast, you especially. Yeah. But yeah, every now and again, we found that it, it, it sort of came in handy. Well, yeah. And a lot of the, like, the push... Like, wasn't, wasn't religion a big reason why, like, they cut down on... Ex- well, you did our executions episode. Yeah, they, they were, like, executing people for just looking at yeah, you Yeah, and the church would push the back. The church kind of stepped in and, the and church, said, you're killing a lot of people. The church pushed back a lot against... And I say the church is, like, a monolithic body. It wasn't certain... Right, yeah, yeah Certain yeah. sects push back against like you know the massacre of native americans just yeah it's the the church also were pushing back against child labor in the industrial revolution so yeah it's not that the the religion's always a bad thing i just believe it's done far more harm than good in many most contexts so moving on (laughs) we'll we'll do an episode on one that'd be a good religion like breaking down the different oh, no, beliefs we've got one planned it's just yeah that's i mean we're talking that's a like, big one yeah like five six parter on that man fucking pagan it you know they're just the different forms of paganism and uh and for <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah before before moving on i just wanted to point out that child slavery also existed in the hindu world as it was graphically depicted in the historical documentary indiana jones and the temple of doom mm-hmm. remember all those kids working in those mines looking for the shankara stones you got the VHS tape right here. No doubt. Yeah. VHS in low definition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scan lines and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracking. Jesus. Rewinding and fast forwarding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mentioned comparing medieval Christendom to like the ancient or the medieval Islamic world. Uh, Christendom tended to take a more pragmatic approach. Uh, as one source says, quote, it is important to remember that the medieval society was primarily an agrarian one, and the family unit made the agrarian economy work. From an economic standpoint, nothing was more valuable to a peasant family than sons to help with the plowing and daughters to help with the household. To have children were, essentially, ones of the primary reason to marry. <laughs> you married because you needed labor. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we talked about that, too, in, like, early America. I mean, too, like yeah. Those, still, having families of yeah. 20 kids. Like, we need workers. Yeah. And, I at mean, the rate of it, one it, per it nine still, months. It was still holdover, too, where you had to have a lot of kids because half of them died in childhood. And they started surviving. So, you know, yeah, it's complicated. But, <laughs> okay, in medieval Christendom, adulthood was considered to start around the age of 12. And this varied among regions. But uh, this is when serious work could be undertaken. Uh, many poor children would be sent off to work as servants in wealthier households. Uh, but for most children, no education beyond learning some songs and prayers in Latin, all chanting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to their favorite radio yeah. station. It was said that the harsh. It was said that harsh corporal punishment was the norm. In in ancient in, in sources from this area, the only time parenting was like criticized was if the children were treated too nicely. Ah. So like not beating your children enough, like oh, they're coddling that kid. Right. Like, uh, it, but it was also uh, assumed that some children were employed in the mines or other harsh places, though not in numbers compared to like the ancient Rome. Right. So, yeah, it, it did exist. So. All right, now we're moving into the good stuff, or I mean, I guess the bad stuff. Yeah, uh, and I want to read this quote because I've going through all these sources. I. This fucking struck me pretty hard. Okay. Uh, this is from the uh, this this 
source is bls.gov, the Bureau of uh, Labor Services, I believe. Um, but this quote, oh, I'll, I'll get it here. Quote, the September 1906 edition of Cosmopolitan Magazine recounts a story once told of an old Native American chieftain. The chieftain was given a tour of the modern city of New York. On this excursion, he saw the soaring heights of the grand skyscrapers and the majesty of the Brooklyn Bridge. He absorbed the comfortable masses gathered in amusement at the circus and the poor huddled in tenements. Upon the completion of the chieftain's journey, several Christian men asked him, What is the most surprising thing you have seen? The chieftain replied slowly with three words, Little children working. And that's a good contrast between like these hunter-gatherer cultures. Like, work, yeah, they worked. But it was in the context of going hunting. Like, kids had time to play in hunter-gatherer cultures. Right. Like, uh, but Now, so with that quote, we're about to get into the Industrial Revolution. We're about to talk a lot about factories. But before we got into that, I really wanted to add in... We, we had this, I believe, in our uh, Dangerous Jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it might have been disgusting jobs because it's kind of both. Yeah, and I know we talked about powder monkeys too, and like uh, right with the kids. Yeah, but um, I, I really wanted to devote just a little bit of time specifically to chimney sweeps because uh, this is, is about this time. It's not like you know what we're about to talk about is like kids in industrial settings, like in factory stuff. This is more just like a job that had to be done like homes, uh, but also with you know some industrial buildings as well, um, and I. Man, so I knew that this was bad just from our previous episode about like how kids would get stuck and like they were getting cancer and you know at like really young ages. But like, holy shit, some of this stuff that I found, and this is I didn't even do too deep of a dive on this. I really was just looking up the uh, chimney sweeps entry on Wikipedia, and I found just a ton of information about how utterly horrible this was. So here's the first quote: "Quote boys as young as four." Climbed hot flues that could be as narrow as 81 square inches or 9 by 9 inches. God damn. Yeah. That's like, I'm doing this with my hands. You can't see me in the podcast, but it's like, I don't that's know. It's like a baking pan for brownies. Yeah, basically. Work was dangerous and they could get jammed in the flue, suffocated, or burned to death. As soot is carcinogenic and the boys slept under the soot sacks that were rarely washed, they were prone to chimney sweeps carcinoma. From 1775 onwards, there was an increasing concern for the welfare of the boys, and acts of parliament were passed to restrict and in 1875 to stop this usage. Lord Shaftesbury, a philanthropist, led this led the later campaign. Like how his name's Shaftesbury. I know, uh, but still, good good dude. He did a good job. By the way, that um, that chimney sweeps carcinoma. We will get to that because it is not what I thought it was. <laughs> it's not fun. Basically, and I think I'll just kind of, uh, I'm going to like light quote this one instead of reading this whole thing because it's a lot. But Shaftesbury is talking about these atrocities of having these children do this stuff. And he basically says that these the masters uh, agreed that six was a good age to start training boys to do this horrible, horrible job. Reasonable. He encountered one at the age of four. Uh, but there was basically the masters are saying, like, if you were younger than six, you were too weak to do it. A master sweep would have a ton of apprentices. So he has like a fleet of boys, basically, that he shoves into these fucking burnt holes to clean up all the soot and the shit. That's nuts. So this is how it's actually... I will quote this a little bit, but this is how the the, the chimney sweep's job actually goes down. Uh, When engaged, the master sweep would fix a cloth over the fireplace and the climbing boy would take off his boots and any excess clothes, then get behind it. The flue would be as tall as the house and twist several times, and its dimensions would be... 14 inches by 9 inches. Once again, it's like a baking pan. 
Um, he would pull his cap down over his face and hold a large flat brush over his head and wedge his body diagonally in the flue. Using his backs, elbows, and knees, he would shimmy up the flue in a manner of a caterpillar. Which, you, if you've ever seen YouTube videos of someone like getting in between two buildings that are close together and kind of climbing up yeah. between them, that's what they're doing. But in this confined space... Full of soot. Full of soot, yeah. And this kid's six years old. Yeah, creosote and shit. So he uses the brush to dislodge... Uh, Loose soot, which would fall over him and down to the bottom, and a scraper to chip away at the solid bits, as a smooth chimney was safe was a safe chimney. Having reached the top, he would slide back down at speed to the floor and the soot pile. It was now his job to bag up the soot and carry it back to the master sweep's cart or yard. And it sounds shitty, but it all made up for it when you get to slide down the chimney. That sounds fun. Right. Do you get to keep that bag of soot? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I didn't know this, but soot was actually valuable. They sold it in uh, in bushels. And uh, this is around the 1840s we're talking here. Apprentices would do four or five chimneys a day. Uh, and doing this, I mean, they their their elbows and knees would just be raw from doing that caterpillar craw in the, in the chimney. So their master would harden up their skin, and this is another quote here, by standing them close to a hot fire and rubbing in strong brine using a brush. God damn. This was done each evening until the skin hardened. And uh, these they weren't paid for this either. They lived with the master who feeds them. I'm sure he fed them well and healthy too. Oh yeah, I'm sure none of them were pedophiles either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, an army of young boys doing your bidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But this is that um, this is an account, I believe, from Lord Shaftesbury about how children die doing this. I think, like, probably on a daily basis. Um, quote, After passing through the chimney and descending to the second angle of the fireplace, the boy finds it completely filled with soot, which he has dislodged from the sides of the upright part. He endeavors to get through and succeeds in doing so after much struggling as far as his shoulders, but finding that the soot is compressed hard all around him by his exertions that he can recede no farther. He then endeavors to move forward, but his attempts in this respect are quite abortive. For the covering of the horizontal part of the flue being stone, the sharp angle of which bears hard on his shoulders and the back part of his head prevents him from moving the least either way or the other. His face, already covered with a climbing cap and being pressed hard in the soot beneath him, stops his breath. In this dreadful condition, he strives violently to extricate himself, but his strength fails him. He cries and groans in a few minutes he is suffocated. An alarm is then given, a bricklayer is sent for, an aperture is perforated in the flue, and the boy is extracted, but found lifeless. In a short time, an inquest is held, and a coroner's jury returns to a verdict of accidental death. All right. That's a shitty way to die. Yes, it is. And I did not think this could get any worse until I read this. <laughs> Chimney sweep's carcinoma, which the sweeps called sootwort, didn't occur until the sweep was in his late teens or 20s, has now been identified as a manifestation of scrotal squamous cell carcinoma. It was reported in 1775 by Sir Percival Pott in Climbing Boys or Chimney Sweepers. It is the first industrial-related cancer to be found. Potts described it as... A disease which always makes its first attack on the inferior parts of the scrotum, where it produces a superficial, superficial painful, ragged, ill-looking sore with hard-rising edges. In no great length of time, it pervades the skin, dartos and the membranes of the scrotum, and seizes the testicle, which it enlarges, hardens, and renders truly and thoroughly distempered. Whence it makes its way up to the spermatic process into the abdomen. God damn it, ate your fucking nuts. Yes. I, I always thought chimney sweepers carcinoma was black lung. Yeah. That's what I always assumed it is. No, it's ball rot cancer. <laughs> God really hated these kids. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, and so did all the adults. Yeah. They let them, let them do this Society. shit. Society. Oh, fuck. Just. Uh, 
Yeah. So there you go, chimney sweeps. So next time you see that like adorable personification or like a cartoon or that little caricature of like, hello, master, sweep your chim. It's 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 fu- it's one of those things from history that's like, oh, it's adorable. Like it was fucking horrifying. Most things in history are horrifying. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> so that's that's I wanted to I wanted to mention chimney sweeps specifically because it was almost all children. They were very very young. Like we said, like. Six. Yeah, and four even yeah. in some cases, and a lot of them died, and a lot of them got ball cancer. Jesus Christ! Yeah, man, I thought factories were bad, and they are. We'll get to it, but fuck yeah. factories. <laughs> but this really started with the Industrial Revolution. Like factories started to spring up everywhere in the late 17th century. Is this where shit popped off? This is where shit pops popped off. <laughs> so the typical child labor of agriculture began to be replaced by factory work and mining. Like, machines could be run by anyone. Uh, quote, The factory owners found a new source of labor to run their machines. Children. Oh. Operating the power-driven machines did not require adult strength, and children could be hired more cheaply, cheaply than adults. By the mid-1800s, child labor was a major problem. End quote. Fuck. But kids started working 12 to 16 hours a day for six days a week, sometimes for less than a dollar a day. You could say these kids were machines of flesh and blood. Yes. I want, you know, there's probably adults going around like with picket signs. Like, these kids are taking our goddamn jobs. <laughs> we need to build walls around the schools. Right. We have to kill all the kids. Yeah. Oh, they did a good job of trying. Uh, quote, many children begin working before the age of seven, tending machines and spinning mills or hauling heavy loads. The factories were often damp, dark, and dirty. Some children worked underground in coal mines. The working children had no time to play or go to school and little time to rest. They often became ill. Aww. End quote. And this was not seen as a bad thing. Like, you'd think people in contemporary times would be like, this shit's fucking horrible. What are we doing? We're all going to go to hell. <laughs> like, what kind of world are we building for, for our descendants? Walk it off, you little bitch. Capitalism's evil. <laughs> no, they saw this as a good thing. Uh, quote... Uh, you want to read this? Sure. Dude, uh, maybe put a funny act. I don't know, Mike. Just make me feel better. As an Englishman stated, with regret, that a quarter of the mass of mankind are children, males and females under seven years old, from whom little labor is to be expected. This statement was consistent with the Puritan belief that put work at the center of a moral life. This belief shaped a citizenry that grew to praise work and scorn idleness. The growth of manufacturing, however, provided the greatest opportunity for society to avoid the perceived problem of the idle child. Now that more work was less complex because of the introduction of machines, children had more potential job opportunities. For example, one industrialist in 1790 proposed building textile factories around London to employ children to prevent the habitual idleness and degeneracy that they were destroying the community. These fucking people. <laughs> just want a time machine to go back and start fucking killing just start factory pun- owners. Just punching everyone in the throat. God damn. Uh, and honestly, this what this wasn't like an English thing. This this, this fucking Puritan work ethic is like a fucking curse on us. Uh, one of the founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, isn't, isn't but doesn't isn't freedom through labor? Fuck what, that. What's, what's the yeah? We're Arbut mock free. Yeah, work will make you free. Yeah, gee, you think it's, it's on Auschwitz? Huh. But fuck, it almost sounds like it's awful. It, I mean, it's on mm. Auschwitz, but honestly, that's how like America is built. Like, oh yeah. yeah, you work hard, you'll get it's it's a lie, but right, yeah, because you'll be able to retire. No, you never retire. Yeah. You work and, and then you die, and then no one. Yeah, you, know, you want to have a billionaire be able to afford a, a yacht that you can park another yacht in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quote, Alexander Hamilton, as Secretary of the Treasury, noted in a 1791 report on manufacturing that children, quote, who would otherwise be idle, end quote, could become a source of cheap labor. It's one of the fucking founding fathers. 
Why does everyone hate idle children? Just let it leave them alone. Yeah, let them play. Jesus it's Christ. It's like, there's a plague of idle children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just look at them sitting there. Maybe all kids back then were like black-eyed children. Just like, or like the kids from The Omen. Or like... <laughs> Children of the corn. Yeah. Like, they're terrifying. We gotta get these kids to the factory, it'll kill us all. That would actually see that would make sense if that was the case. But no, it's just they worship like, he who walks behind the rose. They must just see like a kid like sitting outside like playing with a ball or something, like Push, yeah. pushing a stick or like, a hoop with a stick. This is a huge problem. Is no one seeing this? No one's exploiting that child for labor. <laughs> it's it's honestly This kinda, country is falling apart. It's like that sounds like what they're saying. They are. Like, man, we have a plague of kids that are just sitting there That's reading. Why any kind of moral panic is bullshit. Modern moral panics like people look back at moral panics from this time period like these fucking retards same thing's <laughs> gonna happen a hundred years from now like smoking weed or whatever or like right. reading comic books playing video games people are gonna look back at like these people were dumb right yeah and they are moral panics are stupid uh as migrant children begin to replace native children in factories yay <laughs> i guess uh conditions actually- so wait so the white children are like they're taking our jobs yeah, get a bunch of like little cockney kids out there you son of a bitch they're taking a job (laughs) but yeah because migrants were replaced and conditions actually got worse surprise surprise we don't treat migrant children as well Uh, as native children at this point these migrant kids were like irish but oh well yeah these kids were forced to live in dorms near the factory so they didn't even go home uh as the new york times put it in 1873 quote the world has given up on stealing men from the african coast only to kidnap children from italy end quote Damn, yeah. they were throwing some shade. Yeah, the New York Times back then is actually good. Now they fucking suck. <laughs> uh, with the spread of capitalism, farmers could no longer remain self-sufficient and were driven by necessity to send their kids to work at factories. They, you know, in the old days, fact, you know, these family farms, they they were self-sufficient. You know, they made enough money to buy what they needed, but in most cases they could feed themselves. But capitalism sprung up. These goods that people thought they needed, or things were, you know, prices exploded. So these farmers can no longer just support their family by being farmers. So they yeah. just had to send their kids to work. Yeah, just if they wanted to survive. And this was like a truly horrific time. Uh, quote: When parents could not support their children, they sometimes turned them over to a mill or factory owner. Basically, they gave them to these people. Jeez. Uh, one glass factory in Massachusetts was fenced with barbed wire to keep the young imps, young imps inside. These were boys under 12 who carried loads of hot glass all night for a wage of 40 cents to $1.10 per night. End quote. So fucking carrying hot glass around, fucking fenced in with barbed wire, abandoned by their parents. Uh, yeah, it just makes me sad to think about these, like, you know, adorable, adorable, innocent little children doing this. Uh, this kind of work turned the kids into hardened little shits as well. Oh, it did? Yeah, I mean, you can imagine it. Right. Like, doing this shit all day, your parents sold you off to a factory worker. You'd probably get pretty hardened pretty quick. I mean, they all like fucking. Little, they beat the shit out of us. These little kids would. <laughs> they would. They'd pick It'd on be us. like that scene in the Butterfly Effect. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> where he hits that kid with the pole and just beats the shit out of him, yeah. even though he's like twelve years older. And oh. <laughs> but yeah, this. Uh, I'll get down to the quote later, or the source here. But the this is a quote from it. Uh, quote: I have seen a little boy only this winter who works in the mill and who lives within two hundred or three hundred yards of my own door. He is not yet six years old, and I have seen him when he has a few coppers in his pocket go to a beer shop. Call for a glass of ale and drink as boldly as any full-grown man, cursing and swearing. <laughs> okay, I know this is terrible. You know, it is kind of hilarious. But yeah, just that image of him. Like, I imagine him like like smoking, just, like, see, just well, a see, big fat brown cigarette. And like, have you seen those photos from like the late nineteen or nineteen? Like, it, it was a reason a lot of laws got passed because this guy started going around for, uh, taking pictures of these kids, and it was fucking horrifying to the general public. And yeah, a lot of them just fucking. 
face is all black. They're like six years old. They got cigarettes hanging out of their lips. Right. It's got like a bottle of, <laughs> bottle of liquor in one hand. Just a six-year-old fucking drinking, cursing, and swearing. Like, yeah, hey, boss down at the mill. Yeah, bring me a fucking ale, bartender. I'll fucking kill you. Slaps the ass of the barman as she walks by. Right, yeah. Some guy like sits next to him. He's like, what'd you say? He's like, I didn't. And then he just takes the shit Yeah, this is a six-year-old just beating the shit out he's of people. He's just strangling him. <laughs> putting his thumbs in his eyes. It's like Chucky. You can't see him. He's running around under the stools and shit. Like, ah, fuck. He just slices at your legs with a knife. And he keeps it in his pockets. <laughs> Oh, man. And there were a lot of accents as well. Like, I read this and, like, man, as a dad, like, if this would have happened to my kid, I would have... I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how there wasn't, like, just mass uprisings. I don't well, get remember, it. like, you have one daughter. These people had 90 daughters. That's true. No, when you have more kids, you love them less. Everyone, oh. it's, a, it's a simple equation. Well, here, I'm going to read these quotes. And, like, I told you about the source that was from that kid drinking. It's from uh, SpartacusEducational.com. But uh, these are some quotes about accidents that actually occurred. All right. We'll take turns on these. All you right. want to read this first one? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay. This is the longer one. Quote, A girl named Mary Richards, who was thought remarkably handsome when she left the workhouse, and who was not quite 10 years of age, attended a drawing frame, below which, and about a foot from the floor, was a horizontal shaft, by which the frames above were turned. It happened one evening when her apron was caught by the shaft. In an instant, the poor girl was drawn by an irresistible force and dashed on the floor. She uttered the most heart-rending shrieks. Blinko ran towards her, an agonized and helpless beholder of a scene of horror. He saw her whirled round and round with the shaft. He heard the bo- bones of her arms, legs, thighs, etc. successively snap asunder, crushed, seemingly, to atoms as the machinery whirled her round and drew tighter and tighter her body within the works. Her blood was scattered over the frame and streamed upon the floor. Her head appeared dashed to pieces. At last, her mangled body was jammed in so fast between the shafts and the floor that the water being low and the wheels of the gear, it stopped the main shaft. When she was extracted, every bone was found broken, her head dreadfully crushed. She was carried off quite lifeless. God damn. Quite lifeless. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Here's another one. Oh, all right, I'll take this one. Um, quote, A child was working wool, that is, to prepare the wool for the machine, but the strap caught him as he was hardly awake, and it carried him into the machinery. And we found one limb in one place, one in another, and he was cut to bits. His whole body went in and was mangled. Yeah, and th- like it says, that he, he was hardly awake. A l- big thing you see in a lot of these sources, these kids were fucking exhausted. Oh, yeah, they worked, well, they're working like 14 They didn't get any sleep, yeah. And it was like a lot. They slept right by the factory floor, so it was loud as shit all the time. Also, you got to remember too: no workers' protections and anything like that. So after these no. accidents, if the kids survived, like the pay was stopped immediately, and no compensation was provided for the injuries. So they're just a useless cog in the machine. Yeah, now. and they'd be sent back home if they had a home. If you know, right? And or then even just, if they did, their mom and dad were probably yelling at them like, "Oh, look! Now you can't work anymore because yeah. your arm got cut off. <laughs> You're, You're grounded. You're grounded." <laughs> Go to your room. We don't have a room. It's one room house. <laughs> right, go outside. Hide under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go outside. I'll die. Go outside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we mentioned too, like due to activism by churches and authors such as Charles Dickens, and especially labor groups. Like labor groups were the main drivers. Like a lot, Charles Dickens gets a lot of this church. You don't hear the labor groups so much because we try to, we tend to demonize those in America because our country is run by sociopathic billionaires. But what? It's first I'm hearing it yeah. is. But labor groups, especially, laws were passed to regulate child labor. In England, it took about from 1802 when the first one was passed to 1878 to get, like, actual decent laws. So it almost took, it took 76 years. Uh, it took longer in the U.S. By the turn of the 20th century, there were 28 states that had laws regulating child labor. 
this is from Scholastic.com. It was a, just a, uh, a sources for teachers teaching this history. Quote, the U.S. Congress passed two laws in 1918 and 1922, but the Supreme Court, motherfuckers, <laughs> declared both unconstitutional. In 1924, Congress proposed a constitutional amendment pro- prohibiting child labor, but the states did not ratify it. Then, in 1938, Congress passed the Fair Labor Standards Act. It fixed minimum ages of 16 for work during school hours, 14 for certain jobs after school, and 18 for dangerous work. Today, all the states and the U.S. government have laws regulating child labor. These laws have cured the worst evils of children working in factories. End quote. It's just a law. There's not a constitutional amendment. So, I mean, if you repeal these like that one fucking idiot wants to in Indiana, and Trump's talked about repealing some, like, it could all go away. Yeah. So... Yeah, make America great again. Fuck. That's the whole thing. I like this quote. We'll end it on this. Yeah. Like, I I found this doing the research about uh, child laborers. It's a poem by Sarah N. Claghorn. The golf links lie so near the mill that almost every day the laboring children can look out and see the men at play. Yeah. Fuck. America! Fuck yeah! Yeah. (laughs) Well, capitalism, man. Just fucking exploiting everybody. So... A few rich fat assholes can golf, buy yachts, <laughs> and laugh at child workers. Mm. So yeah, it's I not- still haven't got banned or suspended from Twitter for threatening Howard Schultz. Pretty much every day, <laughs> something new. Yeah, uh, follow us. Definitely follow us on on Twitter because Lincoln has been uh, th- threatening Howard Schultz. He's been threatening politicians with things that would most likely get He's him not put a on politician. a politician. Federal- He's just a fucking CEO of a former CEO of Starbucks. Okay, fine, wannabe politician. Yeah. Uh, he Lincoln's been saying things that most likely would probably put him on a federal watch list if you he gotta, didn't already work for the government. You got to do it smart, though. You got to you got to quote. I just quote him stuff that Trump has said, like maybe the Second Amendment people can handle this. But I quoted <laughs> Howard Schultz, and people call him. Like, I'm just quoting the president. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah, but yeah. Follow Lincoln at EJF Lincoln, and follow me at EJF Mike, and follow our main Twitter account at Everything's JF. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google uh, Play, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you're you listen to podcasts, we're probably there. Yep, check out the website, everything'sjustfine.com. I think you need to update our oh, shit, yeah. our, our subreddit. Yeah, I do. Uh, need slash actually, R slash no, I did. I did. Is the newest one up there? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just just called subreddit. you out for no reason. Yep, reddit.com slash r slash everything's just fine. Uh, send us suggestions. We're still looking for user suggestions, so uh, either tweet them to us or email them to us. There's an email link on the website. And uh, yeah, <laughs> eat, eat the rich. Eat the right. Yeah. yeah, and like this was an interesting episode because, like you said, there's still a lot of problems out there, especially in China with you know sweatshops and stuff like that. But there's still some going on here in America too, and politicians trying to repeal it because yeah. it's cheap. But if nothing else. You know, we have a lot of progress to go, but the, the, reading those last ones, as far as I know, that doesn't happen, at least in first world countries anymore. You don't have toddlers being sucked into windmills. and <laughs> No. So, yeah. You just have them dying from chemicals in the water from yeah, these companies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> those are just the chemtrails. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, next time, you know, like a kid comes to your door selling something or whatever, and you're like, oh man, it's baseball team or whatever's making this kid sell candy bars you just remember that he's not getting sucked into a spinning shaft or <laughs> getting stuck in a chimney while on fire or <laughs> getting getting stuck in a collapsed mine right or like you know being placed upon a horse with a sword in his hand while he still has diapers on yes <laughs> 
and you just pat him on the head, buy a candy bar, tell yourself, everything's just fine. We'll see you guys hopefully next week, if not two weeks. Yep, see you then. Goodbye! Bye.